I think a lot of people don't become artists because it doesn't pay well to start off with. You know, um, you cannot gauge how you're going to be received when you start. You just don't. And some, some of the artwork that you can see that has become incredibly well-known, some people scratch their heads and go, I still don't get it. And probably a lot of the artists are like, I don't get it either, but it's sold. Welcome to the Fire Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art and creative process. I'm your host, Aroness, and today's episode is my conversation with the incredible artist, Lisa Zammer. Lisa Zammer is a traditional artist from the UK who is known for her realistic portraits of famous people from films and pop culture. Using pencils and graphite to create her art, her hard work has earned her several gallery shows in 2022. Okay, so I'm going to start, like I start with every episode, is just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. I am a traditional uh, portrait artist. I started a long, long time ago, I think when I was about 16 years old, um, just, I was always drawing as a child, but I think sort of when I left school to go to college, I had a little bit more time in between. Um, So I was always doodling and I seemed to have uh, a bit of a, knack and skill for drawing faces and I think that was I was always drawing people as a youngster um and as you do you kind of want to draw your idols and those that you you know that are sort of being in your life so I I just started drawing um my mother was um quite autistic she she wasn't a trained artist but um she would sort of you know hand me a couple of decent b pencils and and away we go and I think I was just using like old printer paper and pencils and just scribbling and I think I just spent a lot of time when I look back at them they're probably not very good but um I just wanted to just to sort of you know have a practice and and that's where it began um and as 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 life happens you know you go to work and you, you all those life events happen you get married you have a child and and whilst you I kind of dipped in and out of drawing every now and then. And it was usually for, um, as presents, as gifts, um, as requests, uh, I would draw the odd face. Um, and then I'd just go back to doing something completely different or I'd just put my pens, pack my pencils away and, and, uh, stop. And it, and it, it really picked up, I think, um, just before I uh I think before I fell pregnant I it, the Marvel films just started to make an impact and I was just like oh wow um being a bit of a comic nerd I was just like look at this there's people I can draw them and I remember drawing um before the Avengers came out I, I drew all of the the main characters and that was the first time that I really really studied and used references and um and of course, at that point, social media was still not as huge as it is these days. Um, and I think I had a Twitter account and I just started posting my pictures. And, you know, a few of the, the actors and actresses uh, had uh, had had accounts and I started tagging people and I got a few responses back. And I was like, oh, this is nice. And then it just kind of fell by the way again. And uh, uh, it, But um, again, sort of uh, came back uh full time in sort of very late 2018 and I haven't looked back since <laughs> so that's incredible so you so are you a full-time artist then 
I am. I fortunately, I could hopefully say that now I am a full time artist. Yes. So full-time. a question for you then that I didn't actually add on to these notes, even though mm-hmm. I should have known that because I read your bio quite extensively <laughs> for these notes, um, as I do with everybody I interview. But uh-huh. um, at what point did you know that you were able to become a full time artist? And kind of like what I guess what did you have to have arranged in order for you to make that leap? Uh, a pandemic helped. Yes. It sounds awful to say, but but I had a captive audience. Um, I had already got the ball rolling um, with a well-known games company at this point, which we obviously go back to uh, later on. Um, But being at home, uh, that was something that was already happening. I was already in at home anyway, doing bits and pieces, but having everybody at home, homeschooling, I had already sort of got quite prolific in my drawing. Um, I was doing a lot for social media. So I was churning out a lot of what we class as fan art, I guess, at the time and and popular art. Um, And so to sort of get my numbers up and to sort of like get 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 some more traction and get some traffic to me, um, I was churning out uh, work. And as the numbers went up and as my views went up when Instagram was working (laughs) to my advantage, I should say, um, then I realized that it was probably a good time uh, to to do something more standalone Um, and having a, a, a conversation with my husband. He was like, you need a website. I think we really oh, yeah, need course, yeah. direct traffic. So um, over the course of, I think it was a week, did like a mind map of everything that needed to go onto this website. Um, and within that week, spent a good couple of weeks really creating something for myself. So it could be utilized as a, as a, yeah. as a CV and resume for people that wanted to not sort of be looking on social media and creating a shop putting out prints, offering uh, original art. And when the traffic started coming through that via other social media platforms uh, and the traction started, I was like, this could work. This could work. And offering commissions, because I, I find that whilst a lot of uh, people are attracted to the to the popular art, when it comes to actually uh, business or, or personal commissions, it's usually a family member or, or, or yeah. someone close to them as opposed to, uh, yeah, a, a, someone from popular culture. So usually my commissions are more of a far personal nature. So I had to sort of tailor it to that. And I, and that's, yeah, that's when I knew I thought I could, I could possibly do this. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not, <laughs> but I've been very, very fortunate. Um, um, it's been a baptism of fire sometimes, yeah. but it's been a very interesting road to sort of and a learning curve of uh, of how to run a business because you know you can be an artist at any point in your life at any time. It's whether you want to turn that into into a full time job, and sometimes yeah. it it seems worth it, and other times you're like, why do I do this? <laughs> so there's about. 10 different things I can say from that that none of them which are on this actual list of questions <laughs> of um but one thing I actually want to touch upon because it's just something I actually wrote down here actually ironically quite a long weirdly at the bottom of the list somewhere um is the idea of being it and I'm trying to how can I phrase this without being offensive but like being an artist when you're Definitely. older you know mm. so as opposed to being say like in your early teens or 20s like being an artist mm. maybe say 30s 40s 50s like do you think there's a difference between the kind of work people create or kind of like just their 
their mindset because your mindset is very different. A completely different. Um, and there are advantages and disadvantages to both. I think at my age now, I don't necessarily care what other people think. Yeah. I don't put out work for other people. Of course, I will have prompt lists. I will work off a, like a timetable. I will make uh, a big list of characters and TV shows and movies, especially that I know are coming up to to to, to uh, for the for the public to to look at. Um, especially when you've got such things such, such as like uh, House of the Dragon and uh, Rings of Power and you've got all the Marvel shows coming out. When I'm aware of that, I can be a little bit more savvy and say, well, this is what I'm going to put out. But I'm not waiting on tenterhooks for people's reactions. I think at my age now, if you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. There are other, there are thousands of other artists who are possibly seeking, you know, the approval. Um, I think there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress that that uh, younger artists place upon themselves, especially on social social media platforms. Um, it can be harsh. It can be ruthless. I think you have to go in with the mindset that whilst this is you know this is your little domain you are on somebody else's platform and people will Absolutely. will and do say exactly what they think of your art and sometimes they don't even care for your art they just need to just make their own voices heard um i think it's a good it, it's a good practice um it's a good gauge to see and, and and obviously if people are creating and this is traditional artists and digital artists um if you're creating quite a lot of art then you obviously you're getting a good catalogue. You're getting a good uh, back 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 catalogue of, of work, and with that work you get a lot of good practice in. Um, the only worry for me is that you I've, I've seen many many artists, many friends as well, get completely burnt out because they are providing artwork for 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 social media and not themselves. And and you can see this pressure that they place upon themselves that doesn't need to be there. But it's very hard to to sort of, you know, shut the stable door once the horse is bolted. Um, it, it's, it's also incredibly addictive um, it, to have that constant audience sort of, you know, being checking your work. It's wonderful. You know, um, I saw something a while back and it was a very good point saying, you know, uh, this obsession with likes and, and, and saves, you know, if, if 10 people came up to you on the street and said that they liked your work, you would be absolutely over the moon. But if you only got 10 likes online, you'd be heartbroken. But realistically, you have to you have to remember that pe people and people's tastes are incredibly fickle and what they might like one day, they might not like the next. And with artists, especially myself, uh, you go through moods, you go through moods, you go through phases, you want to draw something all the time, then you don't want to draw it at all. And, and it's very hard to sort of keep the balance of the, the followers that you have interested. But at the same time, you want to, like with anything, you want to, you want to interest new people to your site, but you don't want to lose <laughs> those that have been with you from the doctor. Hopefully I think that, uh, uh, like I say, at my age, it's not that I don't care. I do care, um, but I, I don't. I don't sit and worry about it. <laughs> there are bigger things, you know. I'm I'm glad to say that you know I'm fortunate to have a family and fortunate to have wonderful um, friends that I can just basically take a step away from 
from it and people still appreciate the art without me being on social media so it's really funny because I always say snippets from interviews for partly mm-hmm. because of the, inter- the introductions and partly just because yeah. I always like to send artists little snippets before I send them the episodes and like there's, mm-hmm. there's so many things you've just said that I'm like this is going to be a great introduction this is going to be oh, a my good soundbite <laughs> 100% like a thousand percent but like, I think you raise a really good point because I feel like Wait, should we go down this rabbit hole? No, we'll leave this rabbit hole for now. We'll, we go, go, we'll, we'll go back down there. Yes, because otherwise we'll, <laughs> this will be a social media podcast and that's not what it's about. No, um, no. So, um, yeah, no, so continue. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, I was just looking at, looking at some, of the, um, uh, some of the questions. So I think also for me, uh, the fact that I'm self-taught. Yes, uh, 100% absolutely what I want to talk about because so, is, yeah, so, so kind of like, I guess really where did the inkling of, of, kind of like how did you teach yourself or like at what point did you kind of look at just like yourself and be like I want to be an artist I mean I was like I say um everybody I think from a very very early age and I'm talking like very early I was always drawing family members a st- even like when when you start off as stick men with when that when you when you you know when your parents and your and your family members all have like circle hands and like f- like five lines coming out as fingers I was always drawing people um and I guess as I got older it was always something that I I used to draw landscapes I think we all kids go through phase and you, you draw you know if you're if you're if you're one of these kids that draws a lot then you tend to draw everything um I used to doodle a lot as well and I think I mean I laugh about you know when I did my GCSEs a lot of my GCSE work was still of people and it was of Pop, it was it was of, of popular culture so there was always kind of images of other people and uh, uh and a lot of music and a lot of film um and i mean i scraped by with i think a c grade in, in gcse oh, art wow. purely because i just didn't want to draw what they told me i wanted what yeah. i needed to draw for a theme and uh, and yeah, i did I... I just didn't put i mean i was good at it but i didn't really put anything into it and i didn't and it didn't fit i don't i didn't even you know i didn't even collect my art folder when i left school i was not even really? bothered about it no um and then obviously i went off and did a studied something completely different um i didn't even think about wanting to go to art school it never even crossed my mind i was probably far too I think I wanted to be a paramedic. That's where I wanted to be. I wanted to. I was. I was. I was all up for studying something completely different. And art never figured. And it wasn't something that my parents were like, "Oh no, you couldn't go to art school. You couldn't do that." Um, it was just not something that I didn't even consider. Um, but I was always making things. It was always very tactile. I was always making bits of jewellery, or I was copying. Things. I used to copy a lot I used to take old paintings and copy and my mum was my mum used to joke and say that I would make a perfect forger <laughs> but um I was so there I guess there there's the, the there's the little the little nugget that started it off um the fact that I was very good at copying and that I could um also music play I can play by ear I can play tunes by ear. Um, But again, with with sight, I can look at something and copy it quite quite easily. So for me, sort of copying posters and things like that, that's where I really, really started. And I used to just doodle. Um, I think I had a basic book of it. I think think because I was studying like health studies, because I wanted to be a paramedic, I had a lot of anatomy books. So I was obviously studying. And I don't 
uh, this is this is definitely shows my age. Marvel, and it's still it's still one of these books that you can get these days. Marvel, how to draw comic book heroes, and I vividly remember the page with the Fantastic Four on it. It was how to draw Sue Storm and also how to draw the Thing. And I used to spend ages looking at the comic style of them, but also just loving, just looking on how how the body would move and how it would. And, and so I would just I would just copy and I'd be like, okay, that's how this works and that's how that works. And it just went on for me going, scrap the rest of the body. We don't care about the, the shoulders and the hands and everything like that. Let's just concentrate on the face. And that's where it started. I think I, I uh, yeah, I just started drawing. I was always really good at the central part eyes nose mouth is but then get to the hair and it would be an absolute mess absolute mess no idea no idea so I just kind of I don't look at that part it's like a bit like Leonardo da Vinci's draftsmanship don't we don't we've just kind of faded out there we don't need to look at the rest of it um it's, it's deliberately yeah unfinished. I mean I've got folders and yeah deliberately unfinished um and so I, over the years I would just go um I I, I just I think like when I started uh, for those that are traditional artists with, when it comes to, gra- I was using graphite pencils. I was using very hard pencils, probably anything from like 4H all the way to like a couple of 2B. And as I, as, as obviously as I was drawing more and the paper quality got a little bit better. And I remember my parents bought me a beautiful set of drawing pencils, which took me all the way up to the 9Bs, the really soft, dark pencils. Um, and I guess with that, the quality of my work improved um and uh and so it literally I was always wanting to learn always quite willing to sort of change the way I did things learning about shading um and and sometimes just not being happy with my work and just going no I can do better here um and I suppose because I've been self-taught I don't see it as a disadvantage I think obviously if I had been trained <laughs> academically um I would be able to knock out a few a few portraits without any issue but I guess being self-taught it's given me my own sense of style as well so I could try and follow somebody else's style and it just doesn't work for me but again also being self-taught means that I I'm open to looking at other people's uh, methods of doing things and and having social media and sit is still having a lot of reference books there are so many ways and so many different methods of of uh, of traditional drawing now that isn't just standard pencil as I've as I've discovered <laughs> changing mediums <laughs> so this might be drumming head slightly mm. yeah it probably will be drumming head slightly but actually I'm kind of curious about your medium of sorts because actually it was really funny because before because once I scheduled the Zoom meeting, I was thinking like, wait, the last few artists I've interviewed, or at least a good few people I'm now pretty good friends with who are artists, all use mm. pencil, like colored pencils or pencils mm. or like graphite. And I'm like, mm. what is it about this medium that kind of is so enticing to artists? Be- the great thing, and, and, uh, and one thing that I've I've spoken about to many artists because what's really lovely about being on social media which is a really lovely part of it is that I've had other artists come to me and and ask questions about mediums and ask questions about techniques and what I've said to many people starting out is you don't need the most the good 
thing about being a, a traditional artist and especially with graphite is you do not necessarily need the most expensive pencils you do not need the most quality of paper with a pencil if you've got a sharpened lead you can just just doodle just you know it's just so accessible it's such an accessible item anybody can can do it um and and yes it you know should you want to continue and move on to more expensive products it can become a little bit expensive but you know <laughs> yeah it, it's one of those things I use I've tried many different brands many different types and sometimes I'm like middle of the road uh, you find a pet artist finds a pencil and they don't want to change it and it's probably one of the cheaper ones that I use I think it's such an like I say it's such an accessible item you don't need a, a an iPad or you don't need a, a, a palette or a, or a, you know, or a huge, great big artist board. You just need a table and a piece of paper and a pencil and you, you could be away, you know. Um, like I say, I, always, I, I go back to Leonardo da Vinci a lot, but his draftsman's work, you know, I mean, people stand for hours to look at a very small painting in the Louvre. And yet for me, I'm more taken back by his sketches of flying machines and of the, like Vitruvi men and, and all those moments of just the most beautiful artwork and some of his watercolour as well. Just something, some, some of the most simplistic stuff comes from, from pencil and some of the most detailed stuff as well. It's such a, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a flexible item to use. Um, so for me, I think that's why, you see a lot of people returning to to, to pencil work, um, which I'm all for. That's great. <laughs> the more the merrier. The more the merrier because, you know, you could get so saturated by digital art or watercolours or abstract artists, you know, and the little pencil, pencil drawers in the background like, what about me? Because that's, that's actually the thing, though. Like, the more people I talk to and the more I kind of just kind of discover more artists, the more I realise it's... It's so undervalued. Like people don't really like it, it's weird. It's like it's like people who make you know realistic portraits of the biro. It's like when people see it, they they're amazed by it. It's it's super cool because it's realistic. But I think people really appreciate there's, actually how much time has gone into it. I I agree. There there seems to be not snobbery, but there's some kind of no, it is snobbery. Um, you do find that there's a there's a you know uh, people will gush. And go, oh my god, look at this portrait. Look at this portrait that's been done in oils or acrylics or in watercolor. Look at that, amazing. Look at that. Something that maybe have taken a couple of hours. Outstanding, of course, without question. And yet somebody who's created a portrait over 30 hours that has put the detail in that makes it look hyper-realistic will be possibly frowned upon because what it's a pencil. It's not in a medium that's seen as maybe uh, held in high regard um i think it's it's uh, yeah i mean it's a it's a, it's a bit of a minefield when, when we come to when, when you when you come to that you know uh, i'm kind of yearning for the portrait gallery to reopen in london um so that i can go and see all the various styles because when you go to the places like the national gallery you don't see an awful lot of pencil drawings <laughs> and it makes it saddens me to a point because it'd be like, 
I'm sure they have sketches of what that painting looked like, probably even better than the actual <laughs> oil painting that's on the wall. You know, I'd like to go back and look at their sketches. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I should put here like drawing as a backbone of painting because like, you know, most of the time painters will sketch something first, you know, and then that, you know, it's weird because like that never, almost never sees the light of day yet. You, as you said, it could be just as good, if not better than the actual final painting because yeah, painting seems more accomplished, quote unquote accomplished. But realistically, art is art, and the fact you're putting time and effort into something to create anything is should be valued just the same. You know, I don't think like a, re- a photorealistic image is any more or less valuable than an abstract image. I think they're all just as valuable because they all say different things to different people at different times. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, it's all in a matter of taste as well as what people like to to look at. Oh, 100 percent, absolutely. Um, Okay, so I wanted to talk about figurative work because, as you said, and you've already, as you've already mentioned, like your work is figurative. You don't necessarily create any other kind of work. But I'm kind of just curious, like, what is it about figurative work that that you're drawn by, and also, like, how does your work add to the idea of the human condition? It is tough. Um, I suppose, again, from a very early age, just always being uh, immersed in movies and music. Always, always films, always music. Everything was always kind of, I mean, I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s. So for me, everything was just like a big screen. Um, and I guess it was just something that was always just, just inspired me. I mean, just, yeah, I was always so, so drawn to, to, to certain films and, and just, just loving all the characters and, for me, I've always been slightly obsessed with, with with the human face. So with actors and musicians, how they how their presence, how they how they emoted was always very very interesting to me. Um, and I always wanted to kind of capture that that moment of, of of I suppose when I was younger, I always wanted to capture the beauty. I always wanted to. Um, to, to have that moment and to be able to to draw what I could see or 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 do it to the best of my ability. Um, why did I not want to draw anything else? I just think it was always something that I always liked. Obviously, friends and family were always like, "Oh, you know, that's a that's that's really great. Why don't you could draw this person? You could draw that person." Um, and I think what drew me back to drawing was playing a video game this is in wow. this is what's really mad was I was I was at a friend's house playing uh, and they were playing a video game and the character on the screen it was like a movie like with a lot of games these days yeah. the cutscenes were like watching a movie and I was so taken by this character I was like I need to get home and draw this man right now <laughs> Um, it was just like kind of like it was almost like the the synapses in my brain had just been given like I'd just been given a jolt of electricity, it's like a car battery being started again. Yeah. Um, because I used to, like I say, it was always that inspiration of just wanting to draw, seeing somebody else creating something made me want to create, and that's always been something. I mean, I I like I I, I I've always wanted to be, I always wanted to be a writer. I'm not very good at writing oh. 
I'm very loquacious, but I'm not very good with like sitting down and writing something. Um, always had a very vivid imagination. So there was always that creativity that needed to come out. Oh, thank you very much for the little Haribo there. Sorry. <laughs> um, so for me, I see I see art and I see other things. I've always wanted to be, I, I never wanted to be a landscape. I love looking at landscapes, but for me, um, looking at landscapes, they're beautiful, but I don't get anything from it. I always yeah. got something as an artist from seeing portraits, be them uh, uh, being sat for, you know, from in the National Gallery, seeing very formal photos to seeing just, you know, <laughs> very deep and dark Caravaggio those kind yeah. of moments. Um, and that's what always stirred me. So always keeping it figurative, always keeping it to the human was what something that I always wanted to draw on. I never had an interest in anything else. I mean, I'd love to try it in a different medium, but that's where that's where my heart is and that's where my creativity lies. And I never find that I ever want to draw anything else, except when I'm in a really bad mood, I might just throw a load of paint on a portrait and it might be a bit abstract. But um, bar that, when it comes to like the cathartic moment of wanting to get something out, it's always it's always a face. Always oh, fascinating. That's extremely fascinating. And it's it's fun for me because you know, I talk to like landscape painters and I talk to uh figurative painters and I talk to people who create just pure abstract art. And it's always interesting to figure out why they choose that particular subject matter because it's always very personal to each person. And it's just uh, fascinating. Yeah, I mean, and obviously uh, uh, as I noticed um on one of the notes, um for me, obviously, doing the art that I do when it comes to doing known faces I'm obviously going by references um and I for me I always tried to pick a reference that spoke to me not necessarily the most known of the images so I would necessarily not necessarily choose the best looking photo or the best lighting but it would be something for me that spoke to me and would be I felt would have an impact um when putting it out there (laughs) for social media for other people because obviously you do find uh, when people are drawing um known faces um that you see the same image crop up quite a lot in all different styles and 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 they're absolutely sublime from the from the digital artist to the watercolorist um but sometimes it's the same image and i'm like sometimes just want to do something a little different just to keep me a little bit out of the out of the loop um um and I suppose as I've progressed I now want to kind of do things a little differently or choose something a little less kind of keeping keeping on the theme of known faces but doing something a little different at the same time and it's very difficult it's different it's a difficult shift yeah I, yeah so the thing so the thing for me so like if i'm very very honest mm. might be an unpopular opinion but i've always no, thought, no. i've always thought that like fan art kind of seems very it's not gonna sound horrible but very secondary it seems like you know it's done by people who aren't necessarily talented people who just love the person they're, they're drawing you know it's done not it's not really done for commercial ability or it's not really done for it's done for the love the pure love of this person as opposed to like the um what's the word as opposed to the um like the intention if that makes sense of creating something you know artistic 
Um, no, I, I agree completely. I, it almost makes me kind of immediately think of Graham Norton bringing up some of the 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 fan art uh, that 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 has been produced over the years, and then displaying it to the to the actors on stage, much to their horror. Um, as they're as they're placed in in fictitious scenarios with with other said characters, um, it can get a little. It's it's a minefield. Let's be honest. It's a minefield, and uh, I suppose it's not that I want to dis. I, w- I would never want to distance myself from from that because that's an area that gave me my gave me my foot foot up the ladder um and it is wonderful it is wonderful to see how much certain popular culture can it can inspire people to to want to draw and to and to yes, and to absolutely. excel um but it is unless you have like you say unless you have an absolutely um incredible talent or you have a niche or a style that 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 puts you apart from everybody else then you are going to get lumped in with everyone else and there won't be anything unique um to 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 sustain you and to and to and to to propel you forward um and and I can see that for a lot of people it is purely just they want to get their work on social media there is no other means to an end it's not like they want to have a career in it because it can I say it's a minefield. We're talking also copywriting and trademark. That's exactly, you know, and, that's exactly and intellectual property is what we're talking um, about. Is yeah, something we need to go because there's uh, there's been something recently that has been uh, that's that's happened in America that that could literally upend. Uh, fan art as we know but we can come back to that later oh, like well, I, just, I just know there, that. But, um, I yeah, it's, it's kind of scary it's a, it's a little bit scary um but yeah it's uh it's a little bit it's a little bit cute it's a bit scary um yeah I mean like fan art people say fan art you, you can see people go oh you know it's hmm. it, it's it's almost a dirty word and it shouldn't be but it but it is to a point um let's let's call it concept art concept art so yeah. you can you can put it in there <laughs> um yeah. it is what it is for some it progresses into into careers uh, obviously for those that are working in concept art that can um, and for and for others it's just a it's a nice homage to to somebody who um they really like and and they want they just want their art to be seen and and liked um for me I don't know what it was I just wanted to say hey look I drew this person it's great I love it <laughs> you know and, and that and that was that was it originally <laughs> so like a big misconception at least from like kind of my viewpoint is that if you create images from popular culture that like that's mm-hmm. an easy route to success because like you know you know millions of people would like this people are going to obviously want this in their homes you know that kind of thing but what's your opinion on that mm-hmm. The thing is, the thing is, and this is this is with traditional art. I can't really speak for digital artists here. If you're creating a piece of work that has taken maybe 12, 13, 14, 15, how many hours as a traditional artist, you put a lot of labor into that. And it's not cheap because if you were to work on a, like an hourly rate, yeah. you know, and considering the materials, 
it would become an expensive portrait. I say expensive, I'm talking a portrait that's worth what, what exactly what it's worth if you were to look at an hourly hourly rate. And for a lot of people, that's expensive. So people don't necessarily always want the original art. They want prints, which you have to then obviously can take into consideration if you want people to buy your work or have your work. You have to, you know, you have to make the decision whether you want your work to be, uh, you're, you, you want to be a, an artist that only sells originals or you want to be an artist that, that makes it more affordable for people. Um, and then, even then, you're only going to be talking to a particular market, you know. Um, and again, that's what I said uh, when I when I started my business. I realised that a lot of the commissions coming through were becoming were, were usually tailored to a personal portrait, um, which is again fine by me. Um, but it, it's it's only sustainable, I think, as a as a as a as a popular artist if you're drawing fan art. If you're in one particular area. And you're just churning out that specific uh, fan art all the time. I'll give you an example. Star Wars art fan art, Star Trek fan art, uh, Marvel fan art, DC fan art. If you're creating that, you are going to get one big section of people that will follow you. But as soon as you you stray from that, you will probably find that your followers or your market is become stagnant because you literally just put yourself in a box whilst yes you might be getting the views on social media you've then cut your nose off despite your face to anybody else who might want your work and 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 I think as a popular artist uh, with fan art you it's 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 cutthroat it's cutthroat it's so hard I can see why so many artists get stressed out and because you don't know what to draw next you you can't you can plan, like I say, I have a plan like of like certain TV shows. If I know they've come out, that will give me a bit of a boost on that day that that particular program comes out, and it may co- create some traction and some interest for maybe a couple of weeks. But then I've got to keep them. I've got to keep them baited. And 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 for somebody who isn't doing it full time and has to has to do something else, it it's it's tough it's tough so i think for people that think fan art's the easy option to create yes to 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 maneuver into another to sell is incredibly difficult because there's so many of us out there but i think realistically it's your approach that sets you apart because you know throughout this conversation you've said to me you know i paint well-known people you don't say I create pop culture. You don't say I create fan art. And I think your approach to the way you say it is like you're a great artist who creates images of popular people. You're not. Well, a, you're not. An, yeah, you're not somebody I'm, who creates fan art. Like I think there is actually a hard distinction between the two. Yeah, thank you. I try to. I try to because if you go in with that, then you've almost shot yourself in the foot before you. Even if that's the truth. Even if that's exactly what you do. Um, and maybe that's what I've learned along the way is that as as whilst I am Lisa Zaman, I'm also Lisa Zaman Art, and that is my business. And I have to differentiate between yeah. my business and 
and and and myself and 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 working out exactly the direction um that I want to go in and, and also like I say being the face uh, of my art it's you have to you really have to know what you want to do and where you want to go and that's not something I mean, you can still be fathoming it still trying to fathom out exactly what it is you want to do but you have to have that kind of sense of direction maybe maybe more of a list of what you don't want to do and what you do yeah. want to do and yeah. then take it from there because you know there you, you can have there can be compromises but it's just knowing what I suppose you have to ask those questions what do I want to achieve do I want to achieve thousands and thousands of of views on social media and get myself verified and get myself a blue tick well that's great you're verified that means that nobody can count copy your account but your account could get trashed at any time and goodbye all your work is gone what do you have left I think for me it's realizing that social media has to be used as a tool and it cannot be used solely as your business it unless you've got the money there and the and the the know-how and know-how and for 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 many and you know I've got many friends upset by the algorithms but oh yeah you know again that's another conversation down the line but you you have to kind of know what you want to do and if you want to carry on doing fan art that's great but you also have to have a plan of where it's going to go and who do you want to 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 lure in and 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 attract because you're always going to get people that don't like certain work and that's fine you know <laughs> you know it, it it's just a matter of taste and, and also people people you know uh, are attracted to work in in peaks and troughs Sometimes oh, yeah. your work will be the only thing that somebody wants to follow. Sometimes it'll be like they'll forget about you and they'll go on to somebody else. And I that's think, quite all and that's quite all right. <laughs> I think it's actually a conversation I've had with quite a few artists. As you can imagine, quite a few artists that are not happy with the algorithm. But I think we also have to remember the way in which people use Instagram. Like a lot mm. of the time people are on it just for distractions. They're not on it to seek out doom scrolling. Meaning. You know, they're not here to seek, they're not necessarily here to seek out meaning. Like I'm like obviously myself, I do this not full time not yet hopefully but you know i do this with intent and mm. it's not, not everybody is on social media with intent people are just on it just to waste a bit of time because they're in a queue or whatever mm. you know so it's like you have to remember like just because somebody likes your image doesn't mean that that they paid attention to that image you know and if you're all mm. guilty of it you know but so it's mm. like you have to just remember that like i think it's important to to have like it's important to feel like the numbers validate your work but at the end of the day you yourself need to enjoy what you're doing first. Yeah, I mean, there's something again. Social media, there's something yes. uh, again that we can come back to because uh, which does sort of hark back to the to to sort of getting yourself in the mindset of that what you see as far as likes and all that kind of thing. It's having that mindset of saying it doesn't matter. Hmm it's not as important as you think it is you are you know this is not the be all and end all I think it's having that that confidence in yourself and that doesn't and, and with everybody that does, sometimes some days you get it sometimes you don't have it and sometimes you can sit and go why am I doing this this is just pointless just can't I can't do it anymore and then the next day you'll be like right <laughs> cracking yeah. the old knuckles and and yeah. away you go um, I mean that's the 
That sounds so cliche to say that's the life of an artist, but it, it is. is true. It, and, uh, you yeah, know, we all get so we all get we all get blocks and we all get um uh, uh moments where we just think that we can't create and you know it's uh, I think it was in one of your it was in one of your top questions you know the the view of how artists are um uh, like I say I I I think a lot of people don't become artists because it doesn't pay well to start off with you know um it's unless and it is it's 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 not quantifiable you cannot gauge how you're going to be received when you start out. You just don't. And some some of the artwork that you can see that has become incredibly well known. Some people scratch their heads and go, I still don't get it. And probably a lot of the artists are like, I don't get it either. But it's sold and it just went viral. You know, um I don't know. It's just, I guess, it's just that old, 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 that old, uh, the old saying is just like people just think that, you know, artists are just sad, drunk, tormented souls, which for a lot of probably he's quite true. I, I about but, to say, um, from having spoken to a lot of artists, there is definitely a sliver <laughs> of truth in that, I must say. Um, in the sense of like, I think everybody, everybody that I know that I've met that I've spoken to, and just mm. people like even that I haven't spoken to on the podcast, but I just talk to it in my DMs generally. Like, mm. like everyone has something they want to say. And I feel like that's what we forget. Like everybody has a story to tell, whether that's a positive one or a negative one. And I think art is such a good medium for people to, to express that. That's probably why it's so powerful. But I think the general wider society don't appreciate that because they just see art as like, oh, this is useless. Like the pandemic where they listed art as like the least important job. And it's like, well, good luck not having art if you think that. You know, and it's 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 kind of I don't know. The pandemic was an interesting shift, I think, because I feel like it gave a lot of artists the time that they needed. Yeah, it um, did. It gave them and the it space. also created it also created a lot of people. Oh, abs- a lot of artists. So many artists I speak to, and I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but then it's also <laughs> it also actually at the same time though it also destroyed a lot of careers as well. That's the thing. You know, it's it's kind of interesting how there's like a nice interesting divide. It, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And it's just, it's like on, like on a knife edge. You were either, it was either great or it went terrible, you know. It's for, for those that who were just starting out on their careers that, you know, that were just about to start their exhibits and the pandemic hits. Yeah. 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 Tough. Very tough. Very then tough. Then I guess it's just all about <laughs> how you react to the environment around you. Because, yeah. you know, there's always, there's always something you could be doing that could be positive. Even though you know, we're not always positive. But well, I yeah, think... I mean, I think, yeah, you're, like I said, it, it, I think not going off too much on a tangent here. I think the, uh, I think the pandemic and and being at home um, for that period of time and not being able to 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 see people and not being able to sort of interact really showed people's true colours and also how people coped. I mean, I lost. I think I lost my quite a few times whilst I was yeah. at home because it, 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 we all were we're all sort of bouncing around in a house together and just thinking what do we do that uncertainty but then thinking to yourself okay you know we can't carry on like this at some point I'm just, just gonna have to get my shit together and decide how I'm gonna get through this in the most positive way without you know 
turning to you know turning to drink or cigarette or, or, or smoke you know <laughs> to alcohol and cigarettes at the bottom yeah. of the garden you know sobbing um maybe whilst painting a mural on the bottom of the garden no, why not um why not um but for, i mean for me maybe just a generational thing as well that was just like right let's make the best of this yes. you know um I, I, I it's terrible it's awful but well I've got the time let's just see what I can do and I suppose for me I was quite lucky because I'd already kind of got the ball rolling so for me the momentum was kind of going there and I was just like this is great everybody's home nobody's doing anything they're just looking at my photos and my pictures and everything this is great let's just create more but I think by the end of it I was like oh god I can't do anymore right so Actually, that's actually probably a good question to ask you then. So, like, when the mm. pandemic, because like here in the UK, it's, it's has it ended? It kind of has ended. I think. I think we can kind yeah. of say it has for the most part. Yeah. Like, let's say ninety percent. Let's say a good ninety percent. Um, but like, how did you actually then transition from like, okay, cool, now I'm back to actual reality, real life? How am I going to still um, do this? I mean, for me, um, obviously, I was living in London, so for us everybody was in their houses but it was all kind of you know pretty pretty busy you know everybody was masked up I think to me the hardest thing was not seeing my 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 father for at least three months Mm. because he was in the wilds of the countryside and and you know, we were on lockdown. Yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, unless it was essential travel, and I think by the end of it, my dad was starting to get a little crazy, stir crazy on his mm. own. I was like, right, we are, we're, we're this is it. This is yeah. this is a this is an absolute medical need now. You know, hundred um, percent. No, hundred percent. Um, so, and obviously, having a child off for twenty nine weeks can can oh, test. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I always joke that you know, summer holidays, the school holidays, that seven week period. The breeze these days. Well, by the time he's just finished school, he's going back again. I'm like, oh, is that the seven weeks? No problem. Um, Mentally, you have to just kind of. I think I I was just blessed by a very understanding husband, a very understanding child. That you know, we were, you know, all together. We were all healthy. Um, Everybody had. Everybody was working except. Except for my son, obviously, because he's only a child. Um, but wow, you know, I, mean, um, I, I kind of had to, like, you know, I had to divvy it up between like homeschooling and sort of yeah. having my own timetable and just really trying to sort of have some kind of structure because artists aren't always known for having a lot of structure. Um, but for me, structure is 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 imperative, and I think that's kind of sometimes what sets me apart from other artists because I know full well what I've got to do when I've got to do it how I've got to do it um and that helps me with social media that helps me with commissions that helps me with exhibitions it just um I'm originally a facilities I originally came from background of facilities now IIT and facilities so I kind of yeah yeah military precision of what has to be done um but uh, for me social media played a huge huge part in getting my audience to look at my stuff and then saying to them hey but while you're here look at this I'm going to do this as well would you like to buy it you know I learned during uh, during the the pandemic to be uh good at marketing good at being a saleswoman because you have to wear every hat um 
And for me, that was a challenge that I think just took my mind off of how truly horrific a pandemic yeah. was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's weird for me because I worked through the whole pandemic. I didn't get any time at home because I work in retail. So I mm. literally was going to work every day. Like, yeah. we were, like the store I work at was closed for like seven weeks or whatever, but we still had to work through it. We were still at, we were there every day, you know. It's, and it's weird because when people say like, oh, it was a big period of time off, I was like, I had no time. <laughs> I'm never going to get that chance. So it's a, it's a bit sad. Yeah, it's kind of, do you lament it or do you celebrate it? The fact but, that you're a, Yeah, but then again, saying that though, I get bored very easily. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't have that time off because I probably would not be coming out of it very well. <laughs> I think socially for me, it was probably better during a pandemic. I think a lot of people found that they were able to say no, they were they had to say no to things. So, yeah. you know, um a lot of people realized how in fact how introverted they were. They thought they were all extroverts, but in fact they were all like, actually being at home is actually quite good. <laughs> and that's yeah. So that is a good question to ask you. So there I have a really cool photographer friend called um I'm surrounded by. Super lovely guy. He's from Spain and he's actually just mm-hmm. moved to England probably about two or three days ago. So I'm gonna hopefully meet up with him at some point in oh, fabulous. Awesome. But um, we were talking a while ago, we were talking about the idea of being introverted and extroverted and how that affects you as an artist. Like what, mm. like where do you, where do you, would you consider yourself on that spectrum? And does it play like a role in kind of the art you produce and the way in which you talk about that? I'm an extroverted introvert. Perfect. I am, um, that, that's, that's it. Um, I'm incredibly, um, uh, when I'm out, I I don't it's not a mask that's worn but when I'm out I excel um being a people person I'm incredibly god it sounds like sounds so 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 up myself um I, no I'm incredibly um confident um speaking with complete strangers um I'm not necessarily like some of the party but I will mix I will schmooze I will I will get in there but when I'm done, I am ready to go home and put my feet up and put Netflix on and just not talk to anybody for, for a few days. Um, I don't necessarily feel the need to desperately text everybody all the time. Um, I'm quite happy just sort of sitting there, um, just in my own company. Um, I'm an only child as well, so I'm easily oh, amused wow. by myself. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm happier in my – I'm not one of these people – I like company, don't necessarily need to have it with me all the time. But once I'm out and I'm in that environment where there's lots of people, I will dive in, but I will probably need at least a few days later just to recoup because I'll be like, I am all extroverted out. I need to just bring myself back in. No, you said that. I'm kind of like, I really now want to interview like loads of artists who are only children. And be like, how is that affected? The kind of not just your art, but also your life. Because I feel like that's a very, I don't know, like I just find that really fascinating. Like I love independence and I love being, you know, kind of the solitary person. I'm not like always solitary, obviously. I work in yeah. school, but I like the idea of kind of I'm not only a child, I have a twin brother, which is cool. But um it's kind of <laughs> interesting the fact that you are an only child because you have to find ways to entertain yourself and you have to find ways to navigate yeah. through the world I, by and yourself. I always did, and I always did. Yeah, and I always did. My parents, my grandparents said that I would always put on shows when I visited. Yeah. Um, I would be like, right, we're doing a show now. And or I'd I'd dress up 
just for the sheer sake of it, just for my own entertainment. And um, uh, yeah, I easily found ways to entertain myself. And I think that was through being very, through being creative and drawing and writing and all those kind of things. I just, it was always something, I was always kind of busy or I was reading or something. Um, not necessarily just to keep my mind occupied, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, um, so one thing, one thing I want to do next year um, mm. is I would love to do, <clears throat> some five of blanking on it now I'm talking to you about it some right. artist panel discussions so mm. the idea of like having four artists on a zoom call for instance and having like a topic mm. of conversation and having them all talk yeah. about a topic um, yeah. and actually one of them could be like only childs that could be a really good interesting topic in terms of like how is that affected your art and you have like four mm. artists talk about like discuss like their their feelings towards that yeah Ooh. yeah I'm going to write yeah. this down because I'll forget the voice. <laughs> make a note, make a note. <laughs> oh, I have many notes. Right, okay. So one thing I definitely want to talk to you about, and as we've alluded mm. earlier, is the idea of copyright, because, you know, you create mm. images that are a popular culture, that are essentially are not your own images. So, like, how do you navigate that very tricky minefield? Well, first rule of thumb is, if you're going to draw a copyright image, don't put it out for sale unless you've gained permission <laughs> a copyright permission for it um uh that's basically the rules you need to basically be very savvy um obviously when it comes to an image unless it's a real gray area because basically the rule is don't don't copyright but then you have to say well it's it's my interpretation of it um so therefore it becomes your work. My rule of thumb is read about copyright. As an artist, you must, must, must read up, especially when it comes to the use of photographer's work, because quite often it will say quite clearly exactly who owns the rights to that photograph. And if by any means that you want to use it for promotion or use it in any way that you would gain financial benefit, then you need to contact the owner of that copyright. It is as simple as that. And ignorance, unfortunately, is not bliss these days. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Let's be honest. If you're like myself, if you're running a bit, if you if you're just an artist out there, just want to copy that, and you just want to draw it, that's fine. But for those that are trying to make a business or garner um, business from it, you need to use. Just you need to use your your, your sense senses here. Um, and as far as I was concerned, if I was going to run it as a business, and I wanted to use images, and they were going to either be exhibited, or they were going to be used as copyright, used in promotion, or anything that didn't relate to the original owner or creator then I would need to let them know and that is my rule of thumb now if I am using any kind of reference especially if it's from an actual still photograph that has been taken by um, a photographer or has been used by a magazine or anyone who owns the rights I will contact them as a matter of courtesy um, you can seek uh, an approval you can seek copyright of that image yourself if you wish to purchase there are many options that you have um and sometimes if you're using an image purely as reference and you are create making it in your own image which is what I often at, at 
I'm doing, then sometimes just advising the owner of the copyright, um, advising them of your intentions, what you need to do with it, that you will credit them, because sometimes that's all they require. They require a letter stating your intent and 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 uh, and with that intention, how they will not necessarily benefit, but how they will be acknowledged, how their work will be acknowledged, because sometimes it is that simple. And as an artist, when I, whenever I, especially if I am using an image from a well-known, you have a lot of portrait artists there who take a lot of popular culture pictures. Um, one, one photographer who I will mention uh, by name because I absolutely adore his work, he is, his name is Jason Bell. He is one of the top, uh, along with, I think it's Greg Williamson, he is one of the top portrait photographers um, out there. And I remember doing all, I was so, so obsessed by his, uh, his Dune uh, portraits. I literally did the whole, the whole, I did all of them. I think I did all 14 portraits. And I, I contacted him directly to say, I'm putting these up but you are going to be credited because your work is absolutely amazing. I'm a fan, but also it's the dumb thing to do. People need to know that, yes, this is my work and yes, it might look awesome, but the original is here. Please look at it because if I had created something and then somebody else decided to copy it, which is intense, what I have, which is what I've done, I would like just the acknowledgement that the original was my work, whether people then come and say, you know, because it's almost like... <laughs> It's just, it's just manners. It's the, it's the polite thing to do. I think forewarned is forearmed because it doesn't take a few minutes of research to work out who the image belongs to, um, how to contact them, and a, and a quick email. I mean, they might just reply back and say sold off, okay, but you've notified them. If they if they get snitty with it with you, then it's probably a good idea not to exhibit, not to share not to sell those kind of things um because then you can get in real hot water and my concern with a lot of a lot of um, artists who are then producing art and then selling it uh, when there hasn't been much of an alteration to the original image is that you get in trouble that's going to stick with you and you know it's like a <laughs> it's like a red mark in your book you know just be mindful it's, it's silly mistakes can end up turning into really big big problems later on so for me when for any anyone out there just just think about the image and where you got it from and where's it come from and who's it owned by because you know it doesn't take a few minutes to send a quick email and don't feel fool you know people are nervous people are frightened don't feel nervous because you know send a quick email it might be terrifying but what's the worst that somebody's going to say no rather than having a letter of cease and desist sent to you saying please don't do this with my work a, a big no or a bugger off is better than a cease and desist which i haven't had thank goodness touch wood um but you know be 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 smart be 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 smart if you want your work out there you have to be prepared to do a little bit of work beforehand but that's that's my that's my suggestion and the reason um i mentioned previously 
um, uh, another friend of mine on social media um, posted a reel um, where a famous tattoo artist, Kat Von D, has recently been uh, been taken to court for not tattooing, basically having a photo of a gentleman that was taken by a well-known photographer uh, and she tattooed it, tattooed it onto someone's leg. Now, it's not the fact that she tattooed it on someone's leg, it's the fact that she used the image in her social media and it was up as a reference while she was doing the tattoo and the photographer was like, you didn't ask, that's my work. You didn't ask, you didn't credit, you didn't do anything and now you're using that to promote your work. And they were saying now, and I think it went the photographer's way and they, they were saying this could be a real, real, real issue for not only tattoo artists, but for artists in general who are, who are, who are creating work. You know, what are you going to do? I mean, and this is this is just go and and again, I, I was kind of my friend was saying, oh my god, this could be terrible. And I'm like, but if you take steps beforehand, just to just to stop and think for a moment, where's this image coming from? Why am I using it? You know, could I use a different image? Um, yeah. It is difficult when you're using reference photos, and I still use a lot of reference photos, or I get around it now by using moving images. Yes. And then using my reference from a moving image, but still, if it's a moving image from a production, um, yeah, so a it's production or a film, go back to the person who holds the rights. Yeah. Courtesy. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Do you mind if you've got issue? Please let me know. Thanks very much. Signed off. Yeah, you're right. Like I think that's what makes you successful, and that's what makes you very kind of just talking to you. Like you're very smart. You're approaching things in the logical right way. You're Which not just being. I'm really not logical at all. <laughs> you see it from my point, my viewpoint. So it's just a bit like you know, you're thinking about what you're creating. You're you're not just being like, well, let me just create all these great images and put them online. You're like, actually, how am I going to approach this? You know, what reputation do I want to have? Because that's yeah, because important. I think yeah, I, I mean, also I'm incredibly. Whilst I'm not very logical, I'm very. I can be incredibly cautious. I'm a little bit over cautious and a bit of a worrier. Um, so for me, I don't want to have that worry about doing something that might be a little vague, a little in that. I'm not good with grey areas and things like that. When it comes to right, pro, pro, right, intellectual property rights and copyright and trademarks, I don't want it. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to have a slap wrist. I'm too old for slap wrists. No, so you don't want to um, do all the hard work, but you've worked no, so hard uh, to, to have. Yeah, and so for me, that's that's important. Um, I would rather, yeah, because, you know, uh, uh, bad news travels, bad news travels fast. And, you know, yes. in the art world, it can be, can be frowned upon. It makes me, <laughs> it makes me think of that film Velvet Buzzsaw. Sorry, it just always makes me love, I love that film to pieces, but it is, it's just like everybody knows everything else and it's just quite, it's quite weird, you know, you just don't want to get yourself in trouble. You want to, you know, if you're going to go out into the world, into the world of galleries and exhibitions like I've wanted to, you've got to behave yourself. So before we talk about exhibitions, I definitely want to talk about yeah. that for sure. Yeah. Before we talk about that, a question for you mm -hmm. in terms of references. So, mm. you know, you said that you you draw from references, but but what does a drawing do that a photograph doesn't? I think it's sometimes there's always going to be part of the artist in that picture. 
again that's another cliche but it's it's true how I draw a portrait um will be completely different to how somebody else draws exactly the same portrait um I've seen like again I've seen I've seen images that I've drawn and I've seen another artist's portrait um and I think for me, I always wanted to have a little bit of, of this. Sounds so dark and deep, and it really is. I don't intend to, to for it to sound like this. A little bit of the soul in there. Um, I've always been. I've always admired hyper realistic portraits, but, and I don't mean to offend anyone here. But my, it's not issue, but my only problem that I, that I see as an artist looking at hyper-realistic is that it's so hyper-realistic, I could actually just be looking at the photo. And it's almost like a facsimile of the original, which is absolutely incredible. But I don't see anything for me as, as the viewer. Uh, as an artist yeah I don't see anything of the artist in them sometimes uh I there's it, it like I say it's like a for me sometimes looking at uh, images like that it's a pure facts yeah pure copy carbon copy of the original and I don't see anything different I I know with mine that there will be something different that I change or I just do draw it slightly differently or um that's just a little bit of me in there um and I suppose the way that that I I approach my drawings the way that I how I start them how I finish them there's for me it's always the same um but there's definitely a a, a style in which I I do things um which I guess would maybe uh, make it so which would make it different to a photo um and the and the other thing is when you're looking at the reference photo, um, not necessarily with like movie posters, but like port portrait pictures, when it's been drawn with no context, you, it's completely open to interpretation, which is what I love about some of my newer work now. Because whilst some may be familiar with the context, others will not be, and how they interpret what is happening in the image and what is going on in the image will be completely different to how somebody else perceives it or in fact what was going on at the actual time and I think in drawings it's very it's very tactile it's not the same as a photograph it's again I suppose it's just it's very hard to explain <laughs> it's hard to explain um there's a definite depth, obviously, because you're using with traditional artists, you're using certain mediums. You've got an extra depth to it that a photograph doesn't have. Um, and for me, that's where the difference lies. Why I would say to somebody, oh, yeah, but the, the, the picture's beautiful. But have you seen my drawing? Because it's just that little bit more you know tactile it's just a little bit more gritty there's something different about it that you look at and there's always something that you pick up upon I guess 
that's really funny because the reason I ask that question for two reasons. One, because a lot of artists I know draw from photographs. And I find that really, mm. the, the distinction between art photography very interesting. And the second reason is because I do photography myself. I'm a photographer. And I know. I'm always interested Lovely. in how people, thank you. I'm always interested in how people view photography as well. And like mm. the kind of artistic nature of photography, uh, particularly as an artist, because obviously you're mm. creating art from a photograph. And it's like, but does that mean that you, I'm not saying you specifically, but that mean that artists may disregard that photograph because that's something that is just a stepping stone for them? Or is that, or is in some way that photograph more powerful because that's what inspired that piece of work? It's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. I mean, like I say, you will probably find more self-taught artists using references than you would an academic because obviously yeah. as we all i mean i i have i've studied just not um it really depends i mean i can sketch out in both um using a reference i think references using a reference is always very very good it's a lot quicker it can it can not saying using your own brain but using your own imagination and take time um and having a reference it, a certain image will move a person quite 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 a lot um i mean i go back to jason bell again and and these dune portraits for me looking at these photographs the depth in them and it wasn't just about the person it was the color it was the tone it was everything about the image and it what and it was what the what the image was emoting and I was just like that's not just a photograph that's just that that is a picture it is just an absolute everything about it was just so incredible um one in particular he a photograph that he the portrait of um oh my goodness Charlotte Rampling um who is basically covered in a beaded net. Her whole face is completely covered. And for me, I could have drawn that, I could have drawn it from memory, but seeing that reference photo and looking at every single bead and going, you know what? If I'd drawn it on my own, I probably wouldn't have put half the attention to detail in it. But having that reference, looking at every bead, you know, when you can zoom out an image to the point where you're like every single bead, the good thing about references is it does help your technique. It helps you learn control. It helps you. Uh, it helps you with patience and detail because if you're copying from a reference, you're going to be copying that to the dot. Without a reference, you can do what the hell you like, and it will still look amazing. You copy from a reference, you have got to get that down, and you've got to get it really well. If not, pack your bags, go home, because it's not going to look the same. And so for me, using references, that was always a good way of testing how well I was doing, because I'd know if I'd be like, oh, God, I don't want to draw the fabric. And I sometimes I have to push myself because I hate it. And I look at a reference and I'm like, I'm going to change the shirt. I don't like drawing plaid. Or I'm like, why is this person not... You know, I mean, for years, I, like I say, I would avoid drawing hair because it was I was terrible at it. So for me, uh, it, referencing is not necessarily a lazy way of working. Sometimes I think it's actually harder because if you're using that reference and you're and you're and you're copying it, and I use the word copying, I don't mean in the you know bad bad course, sense. Yeah. I'm saying, uh, you know, uh, if you're copying it to 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 the fullest, 
then you are really putting your detail into it and you are doing your utmost as an artist to 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 create an a, 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 a twin a twin for it um but I think sometimes it can be it can be limiting and you have to learn as an artist and, and break out of that um finding other things to 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 inspire you because yes you could look at that and say oh god look at that picture and you think okay I like that picture could I draw it like this or could I draw it like that and you know what that's when that's when the magic happens because then you can say right okay that image is lovely but what happened at the moment just after that could Mm. you get a better photo could you get an inch more interesting image you know um I'm still learning I'm still you know um uh learning many many skills and i mean and this is i kind of i i kind of broadcast it now more because i am proud of it um my very first collection that was created was basically uh born from an inability to draw hands this was during the sort of end of the, the lockdown and uh <laughs> well hang on a minute say that again Oh my goodness. Yeah, my husband, I just got to, we, we just, I don't know if you've ever heard of the artist Rob Liefeld. Um, oh, he's an artist. Was he Marvel? Marvel? Marvel artist. Marvel and DC. Marvel and DC. Sorry, my husband's a, the, the comic, the comic man. Um, this is a joke that Rob Liefeld is, was a, is a huge artist. He's well-renowned. You need to look him up. Um, the funny thing about Rob Liefeld is that you will find some kind of hilarious Reddit post on him it was Rob Rob's inability to draw feet. Um, I'm digressing here, but I need to tell you this. So Rob also had a problem with, um, what's it called? Um, proportions. <laughs> So a lot of his X-Men proportions and a lot of his figures were absolutely highly questionable. Um, so, yeah, there is I, I will pass it on to you because it's hilarious. Um, it's a Rob Liefeld Reddit about how the man couldn't draw. But he is he is um, he was vilified. They People celebrate him. He's got so much money now. He does not care. But he would purposely not draw feet. He would put people behind rocks. He would draw things in front of their feet. Wow. So And and the, there was a joke in the Deadpool movie about... Oh, wow. They didn't, name, they didn't name him, but they did name... They did mention an artist who couldn't draw feet. And, and, and at that point, I was like... <laughs> I don't know who that is. But um, I digress. So, yeah, I mean... My first learning curve um, during prior to lockdown was the fact that I was not very good at drawing hair. So I went back to the drawing book, literally drawing board and and practice and practice and practice and practice. And uh, but I changed my medium. This is where I changed my medium when I realized that I could draw hair better with charcoal pencil than I could with graphite. And a lot of my work required quite dark, dark work. Um, and charcoal gives you a much darker matter, non-reflective, whereas graphite, nice and shiny. Um, so, but my second step was the fact that I couldn't draw hands. So my, with armed with a ton of reference pictures, I basically just practiced and practiced and practiced. And I think the reason I liked using, rather than just drawing hands, I wanted to have a face, but to to see how I could get, what kind of, you know 
the placement of hands, where they were, what they were doing, how they were concealing. Was it concealing an emotion? Was it, you know, what, what was the emotion? Um, and by the end of it, I had 14 portraits. I had 14 test pieces. And I was like, actually, you know what? <laughs> I think I've got a collection here. Um, and it was something a little bit different. Um, and uh, that's how reference photos got me by um, creating something completely different from what I was doing, yeah. uh, but putting my own putting my own spin on it at the sa- at the same time. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because I just said earlier, like that shift from you know creating images people expect of you to creating images mm. that you want to create because you're able to create is you know quite challenging, particularly because mm. you know as you said earlier, you don't want to be boxed in to a certain style or a certain theme or a certain just um aesthetic you know you want to be able to free yourself to do whatever you want but keep it you know keep some similar elements yeah yeah and and so I kind of uh my I was like not plate spin I was kind of uh, keeping my uh hands in many in many pies at this point I was just like okay so um I need to like practice work. Um, I need to think about if I do want to have an exhibit, what kind of what kind of work would I be doing, and how do I also keep it in popular culture? So by utilizing popular figures, but then hiding their faces, <laughs> but then uh, but then also doing something slightly different. I was for me, it was kind of ticking boxes. Going okay, so this could pull in this crowd this could pull in that crowd um I've actually practiced doing hands this is great but now I also have an collection which which was very which had a which had a theme running through it um and was was ready to go um and I did this through the pandemic whilst doing like work on social media so I'd literally just done this work behind the behind the scenes and didn't have to rush didn't have an agenda it kind of naturally um, evolved and I think that's what made it so much better was the fact that there was no stress in in thinking about oh what am I going to do for a collection how am I going to do it because I knew full well if I ever wanted to exhibit I was never ever going to be able to to to, to exhibit the majority of my work yeah. because it had a copyright on it um, and that applied to most of the movie work because you know, I didn't want Marvel or DC breathing down my neck. Absolutely not. And I certainly didn't. <laughs> and even though working with Ubisoft, I certainly didn't want them breathing down my no, neck either. Absolutely, absolutely um, not. So, um, so being able to have something that, I, again, going back to the copyright, being able to go to the artists themselves, uh, going to the their agencies. Uh, going to the photographer saying look I've used this because okay can we credit it and a lot more work going into it even before I'd signed anything on any gallery form to say we are good to go let's go um but yeah it's 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 hard to make that move away from it but it it, it can be it can be done and it can be exciting as well a change is as good as a rest so let's talk about your exhibition so you've had actually a very busy year so, mm. so talk to <laughs> yeah, me. I hit the ground running. You're very much doing that. Pand- <laughs> Goodbye, pandemic. Let's go. Absolutely, um, I'm. I'm very, very impressed. I feel like every single time I talk to you, it's like you're doing something new. Something else has happened, and I'm like, this is incredible. Like, this is absolutely incredible. It's hard. 
work. It's hard. But like, that's it's a funny hard, thing because um, we don't see it. We only just see, oh, you know, I'm doing this. I've got this award. You know, I'm having this at gallery show. And it's interesting. I actually, like, how much hard work is it? Getting people interested is hard enough. Trying to establish where you will fit in is also quite tricky. Um, I went to the London Art Fair, funny enough, the was it sort of April time I think March March April time March March um and it was very it was it was a real eye opener to see the kind of art that was up for sale um and there was nothing like me there and I thought at that point I'm either barking up the wrong tree or I pursue this and I keep going. Um, because I could have just looked upon abstract upon abstract upon oil painting upon acrylic uh, portrait uh, and thought to myself where do I fit in and I thought well at some point I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna return and, and somebody will I will fit in somewhere just because I don't see myself on these walls or I see the kind of art that I do here that's not necessarily mean that it doesn't have a place um and with art there's always movements there's always there's always a trend it's like yeah I I kind of joke that the pandemic brought out tons of abstract artists because people didn't really have any clue they everybody was on YouTube just painting random things but you know what bit of gold leaf it looks great I thought you actually have a good point there I'm not gonna lie but but the thing is you've created art it doesn't matter if people think it's a pile of rubbish or people think it's it's worth millions of pounds if you love it and you've created it and and somebody else loves it well good for you you know if that means that you've put some thought into it and you you loved creating it at that moment great um i think that for me it was just kind of trying to stay oh god it's again kind of just i can feel my eyes rolling to the back of my head it's staying genuine and staying true to what you actually want to do and where you want to go because it can be so difficult to say I want to change I want to do this I want to be able to get into this market I want to be able to fit into this this you know into this pigeonhole but then sometimes it's like they're trying to fit a circle peg into a square hole you're not going to fit in everybody's um uh, idea of 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 what art 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 spells and what art looks good and People have the most most randomest of of of, of tastes oh, and oh absolutely and, and and I think you have to go in with it. Whereas some people will be like, "Yeah, it's all right. I suppose it's okay. I don't like it." And others will go, oh "My God, that's just absolutely brilliant." And for the most part, I've had the I've had the the former. And people say, oh, "That's really good. I like it. I like it." like you like it i like it that's great let's put it on the wall um which is what you want let's discuss, let's discuss it um so for me playing getting in touch with me um and having a group exhibition as a, a for, for all portrait artists was was amazing um and i met some amazing artists um it was a three-week stint um I was very proud to have the largest wall then. That's not a brag. It was just the fact that I had so much work <laughs> that it went on the biggest wall. Um, uh, and that, and my first exhibit, it you know, it was it was a a, a, a decent established name. Um, I like I say, I met some amazing other artists, and what was great was there was nobody else 
like okay. me there. Um, yeah. uh, they had done incredibly well on on sourcing. They <laughs> use sourcing, but um, on on choosing artists in very in incredibly different mediums, incredibly different styles, and it worked. It really, really worked. Um, and it was a great experience. I got to meet the other artists that were there. Um, and you all get those nerves, those jitters thinking, oh, my oh, God, is my work yeah. going to be good enough to go against somebody else? I think by the end of it, I was just like, no, I don't care. It's all great. It's all fabulous. Um, and then, again, getting the opportunity to to uh, to exhibit again in at the Holy Art in Dalston, which is a fabulous, fabulous location. Um, uh, Again, meeting um, other artists there, um, that was completely a, a random mix of, there were portraits, there was abstract, there was pottery, there was statues, sculptures, everything there. Um, but again, it, it worked really, really well. Um, I, again, that was, a, that was a weak stim, but it was good. Again, for me, it's not necessarily always about it should be, you know, I'm a terrible businesswoman. It should be about selling the pictures. It should be about getting those red dots on my pictures. But I think for me, this year has been about learning how they go, learning, you know, um, what's a scam and what isn't a scam. Oh, <laughs> um, 100%. Because there are a lot out there. Um, learning to say no to some because uh, even galleries can put pressure on you to exhibit at a specific date and if you're not ready sometimes you have to say no or sometimes you just have to say I'm not ready right now can I come back later and sometimes you lose slots sometimes you don't um and then yeah I suppose the the next one was a complete surprise but for me uh, it was uh, these have all been about answering open calls and, and putting myself forward um for for work in competitions and I've had enough knockbacks that's okay that's fine it's sometimes it's a bit sucky you think oh why didn't I get in but then you think well it depends on who's judging it depends on who's looking uh, I've learned that it's not about it's not always about how talented you are it's it it's it's what you've done and and your body of work that you you feel should should be judged and and that's exactly what it is it's judged and sometimes it fits and sometimes it it, it doesn't but but being uh winning an award in august was a bit a bit of a mind-blowing experience i never expected expected that <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, your awards. So let me just say for context, we're recording this on the 21st of September, 2022. Mm-hmm. Might not be even be out until 2023, potentially. I don't know. I didn't think about the That's schedule. Fine. But <laughs> talk about your award that you win in August 2022. Um, yeah, um, I apply. I, I think it was an open call um, that I found. I think it was on social media. You find them a lot. Once you start looking at open calls, you get a lot coming through. And it's kind of easy to sift through. <laughs> what's great and what's not um and i i'd seen this um i think it was via uh it's not name dropping here but um it was it was via cast art other stationers are available um, <laughs> uh, and they had a time with a, a company called um galleria moderna um 
and it was an open call. They have one for London, one for Oxford and one for Cambridge every year. And I think they've been running for a good couple of years now. And I was like, okay, you know what? My hands have, the hands portraits have been doing really well. Um, they've been exhibited twice already. The first time all 14 portraits were exhibited. The second time, three of the portraits were exhibited. And for this, they just required two just to have a quick look. I submitted it, didn't think anything of it, da, 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 just went off. And then I was, uh, uh, I was, I was driving into the wild of Essex and pulled over and I got a call uh, from a wonderful man called Jay, um, who, who runs this uh, competition, uh, this contest. And he said, congratulations, you are one of the 12 winners. Um, oh. we want to exhibit these two pieces of work that you submitted. Uh, that's great. It's going to be here. It gave me the dates, uh, told me to turn up, drop off my artwork. Um, so my artwork was, uh, exhibited, um, mid-October, mid-October, mid-August at Castle, uh, Fine Art Gallery in Cambridge in the most wonderful, wonderful of galleries. Um, and unbeknownst to me at this time, uh, a week beforehand, uh, Castle Galleries had basically taken Johnny Depp under their wing and sold oh, wow. all of his artwork oh, wow. um, with them. So when I went to drop off my artwork, there was Johnny Depp's work staring at me wow. in the same gallery. I was like, I'm in good hands here. This is this is this is this is this is wonderful. Um, and they were. It was absolutely wonderful. Um, it was a wonderful, again, a wonderful night meeting, absolutely amazing, and the other 11, amazing other 11 artists. Um, speak, again, sort of getting into that sort of feel of uh, speaking to other artists and how they work and just basically viewing their work and and, and sort of yeah, taking it all in. And uh, and also, you know, every now and then I, I like to have, go walk past the the, the lobby and, and look at my little glass of water I got with my name on it which is you know it's it, it seems so silly but it's you know it's the first thing I've is that I said it's the first award I've ever won for my artwork so yeah. for me it's quite, a, quite, a, poignant, of quite a poignant moment um uh and it, again it was a lovely experience um it's 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 I've been very very fortunate but I have also worked my butt off um you know yeah. Just sometimes sitting down, you think to yourself, oh my goodness, just, you know, filling out forms can be so draining. Oh. <laughs> sometimes it's harder than actually drawing. You know, you think to yourself, there's a lot of paperwork involved in, in and a lot of logistics involved in getting to galleries and getting to exhibits. And, you know, just for a very small moment in time, your work is 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 on display. But the work behind it, um, I'm, I'm in awe of those that are... Are behind the scenes you know doing erecting all these images to make it to make a successful exhibition um so yeah it's uh it's mad and now I've got now I've got uh next week to look forward to or should I say the uh, October to look yeah, forward to yeah. because this is for me this is that this is a real big one <laughs> so before before we speak about that I just want to say to you I think the award I think the reason that it's it's going to be so sentimental and you're going to cherish it more. It's because it means more than internet points. It's not just a, oh, oh, you know, a thousand people like your work. It's like, yeah. this is a physical thing to prove that you have some kind it, of work. Because there was a panel of judges, um, of artists, of uh, critics. It were, They were my peers, I, sp- exactly. I suppose, you know. Um, and for me, 
it's still not about validation, but in some part it is because there's that recognition that you are an artist, you are working, you are on display because somebody thought your your work has spoken to them. Also being um, self-taught as well. Yeah, because yeah. I all I do often think that's a hindrance and that is See, I disagree. Like I not think frowned upon, but I sometimes yeah, but think I, I disagree. I think it gives you more leeway to be free with your decisions because you're not confined by rules and regulations or what's considered, you know, the formal way to do things. I have to say, though, as a self-taught artist, you're you're definitely not complacent with your skills because I think there is quite a lot of complacency sometimes with academically taught artists. Not everybody. We're all, you know, <laughs> none of us are none of us are fabulous. But I, I think there's this, this almost this um, this mindset that uh, it's an expectation that you will do better or that you will excel in a certain field or exhibition because you've been trained because you have uh qualifications um but you know it's like well it's like a cv it it depends what people it depends what people want you for mm, <laughs> depends what, what job you are going for um and it's also again you you can it's like anybody who gets a job you can be you can be you know you can be a graduate and somebody will want somebody who's been working you know as a from from the from the from the bottom up you know yeah. uh it's, it's it's getting the experience and sometimes just being self-taught just means maybe sometimes you do work a little bit harder <laughs> i don't know I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that's nice of you to say. Um, it's it's difficult. It's very difficult because um, yeah. I mean, I've met so many artists, and it's. But what I quite like is that out of all of those artists, unless I've read their their bio or their resume, I wouldn't assume that they were self taught or that they were academically. And to be honest, I never ask. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not a point in conversation unless i feel that it's actually quite important to get that point across and they say oh you know well actually i'm self-taught so <laughs> but then i think to myself nobody needs to know who cares so october let's talk about october so what is happening in october um i um will be exhibiting Ah, uh, at a bear with me one moment. <laughs> I should remember. That. Oh, and she's forgotten the name of it already. She says drum roll while I have a quick look. Um, I am going to be exhibiting uh, a new collection um, of work at the Agora Gallery in Chelsea, Manhattan, in New York. Um, wow. It's all very exciting. Um, yeah, it's it's a little insane i i i reached out to them i think they had an open call a submission page um i think this was at the beginning of the year i was just coming off the back of brick lane and i was a little bit it was it was that kind of that downtime where it's just everything was great and then like like the deflated balloon like oh that was amazing what am i gonna do now and i was just like i remember sitting at my laptop 
thinking right okay okay this is uh this is this is good this is good uh what are we gonna do went through a load of galleries um and thought to myself I had been over in New York previously in the December and was like I had seen this gallery you know because again you you when you when you're applying for open calls and submissions it's incredibly scary to 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 think um that there are scams out there and you're like does this gallery really exist who are they you know what is oh, this yeah. kind of gallery? Because uh, for a lot of for a lot of artists uh, that aren't necessarily aware, um, there are there can be a lot of what we call vanity galleries, which you're basically paying rent to go on their walls for for a week or so, um, and which is great. Let's not let's not diss that. That they are a, a means to an end. It's a good way of getting yourself sort of in the swing of things. But I uh, I sent a submission and. By March, I had an interview, um, uh, sort of discussed everything about myself, where I sort of saw myself going, how I kind of wanted to be represented. And the next thing I know, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm with Agora Gallery and I'm thinking, right, I've got to create some new work. Um, so that was it the ball was running so decided to create a brand new uh collection specifically for this um for this exhibition um in october and uh myself and my artwork will be traveling next week <laughs> um to to new york where i'll be um i'll be there for three three weeks yeah Three uh -huh. weeks there, um, alongside other artists. I'm just trying to find the details. Where is it? I'm so ill prepared today. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, I'm very excited. I'm incredibly nervous. But I was really fortunate to uh, to visit the gallery on a few occasions um, and go to one of their previous open evenings for another exhibition. Yeah. So to sort of get a feel for it was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, but my the exhibition that I'm taking part of is called Wonderstruck, which I kind of like, I like that. Um, um, I'm very excited to see some of the other artists um, that will be there as well. Again, we're a complete mixture of uh, mediums and styles. Um, so yeah, my second group, my second second part of my hand portraits will be going uh going to new york with me um and i'm really excited really excited <laughs> that's really incredible and also i think because it's transatlantic as well i think it gives it a whole kind of definition because you know it's like a whole audience for your work there's a whole different kind of set of and it's a very opinions. different it's a very different audience because like i said when i was at the art fair um uh i didn't see an awful lot of portraits um and whilst sort of being in in new york it's evident that portrait portraiture is still very very important um in new york um and i and I, that that's that's a good that's a good that's a good sign for me um it's encouraging it's encouraging that, that it's it's still quite alive and kicking <laughs> alive and kicking over there um especially in, in my style and it was quite encouraging to hear when I said I remember sending the gallery um 
the the pictures for approval because I was like, oh God, please, please like them, please like them, please, please, please like my work. Um, and the reception was 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 really positive. And I was like, oh. not because I necessarily didn't trust in myself, because I knew that I the the the, the work was a, of a of a high caliber to, to get on the walls, but that it, that it would be appreciated and that would yeah. work with what they had in mind. But um I guess that that the, the good old hands were what got me got me the job in the first place. So I was like let's carry on. Yeah, because you're right, because you have to remember that galleries at the end of their businesses and they make decisions based on money. You know, and I think mm. as, as as kind of as terrible as that is to kind of remind people, but it's true, you know. It's like, no. not though, because like everything is a business. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Like that's capitalism for you. Welcome to the world. But you know, <laughs> like at, like at the end of the day, like you have to remember, like they're making a business transaction or a business mm-hmm. deal or yep. a full yep. and business consideration when they're taking on new artists. So mm. obviously. I'm not saying that that to be negative in any way. That's no, good thing. not at all. Not but it's just all, a realistic thing for people to think about. I think. But it's funny because every time I've had people visit or have, look at my work when they've actually seen it in person, they always say how completely different it looks and how much you miss on social media. Because as much as I can scan it and yeah. take a photo of it, it's not the same as as looking at it with your own eye with your own eyes it's such a different I mean I was incredibly uh, ridiculously emotional the first time I saw my my portraits oh. on a gallery wall so it you was should just be. like yeah. I, just because I was just like couldn't quite believe that they were there um it, it was and every time I see I see them there's that little bit of oh look not necessarily oh look I did that but like damn Look what we did. Look where I am. This it's is, about. This it's is about. Pretty damn special. Yeah, it's about appreciating the accomplishments you've, you've, the things you've accomplished. Because at the end of the day, like yeah. not everybody does that, you know. No, but, no, no. It's, I, it's, I, I kind of feel taking... like, I, I, if I'm honest, I feel like a lot of artists kind of just um, don't give themselves enough credit for the things they produce and the big mm. gallery shows they have, for instance. Because you know, I think mm. to the general public, having a gallery show as an artist is just something that you quote unquote do. But I think realistically, it's so damn hard to get a gallery show. And it's so hard mm. to actually have your work exhibited. And, and to sustain it, because like I say, yeah. when like when I was in 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 the in January, like that come down period afterwards, and like, well, what do I do now? What do I do next? And I think it's whilst I don't always necessarily practice what I preach, it's always good to have in mind, have something going, have something planned. What do you want to yeah. do next? Do I, you know, I mean, I could have quite safely played it on social media and try to utilize that but yeah it's not kind of you just get I think sometimes there's this that feel you get you know exactly the direction you want to go in or not necessarily you know which you know which direction you don't want to go (laughs) you want to go in um and uh, it it's good to be sometimes it's good to be a jack of all trades and master of none um because things change tastes change um as we've seen with social media that certainly changed an awful lot um you know it's 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 a it's a tough one so yeah Bring on New York and, and for me it's it's always quite poignant as well because my parents were um 
prior to me being born were where my parents were lived out there and I wow. did for for the first few years of my life so it's always oh, I was wow. from like a, a, a little bit of a homecoming yeah oh homecoming. that's sweet um, that's and a familiarity so uh yeah I, I New York has a has a special place in my heart and it's very weird the first time I went over there I spent most of it crying just because it was so <laughs> cathartic it was just like a moment of just like oh my you know not being back for years but then suddenly remembering being a three-year-old again and like oh blimey I remember that how is how do I remember that you know <laughs> incredible so for me it's always a it's it's kind of it's terrifying but it's also sometimes sometimes once I, once I get into once I get into the gist of it it's like home, sometimes home from <laughs> but I think so I think what's really clever about you and what you've done is that yes you're right you could have just posted work on the internet and got more and more followers but what you've mm. done is that you've took your work offline yeah. And I think that's really, that's what's going to have future-proofed your career because, you know, people know you offline. And I think that's yeah. so important. That was important. And and also it was it was important to sort of have that kind of not them and us. It needed to be kind of homogenised. I needed to make sure that there was a, I, mean, I suppose that's why I, I, not that I've updated it this week because I've been really tardy, but the keeping the website updated so that people could use the website as as a business tool so that you can see my bio I made sure that you could download my that everything is up to date with news and that if people need to look at references for my work or they want to download my bio or they want to have a quick reference at where I've exhibited or those kind of things that social media isn't the place for then that's what they could utilize it for but if a if somebody who wanted some fan art wanted to hop onto the store and buy a buy a buy a print of somebody that I'd drawn then they could do so um and 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 sort of making it feel like I had a really interesting conversation um uh, with one of my friends who when I was doing a bit of a refresh of my website um of, of which I should give my child a nod because he was the one who chose the theme I was like pick that color I was like that one that theme he was like yep and we've kept it ever since because it is just perfectly me and I was just like he's got a good eye for he's got a good eye for it but um a friend of mine was saying it's very when you're an artist it's very difficult uh sometimes to promote art because you could say here's my gallery look at all the work I've drawn but essentially what you want to do as an artist if you haven't already got those images of of, of yourself exhibiting I think for me my website was very it was very important for me to have uh my images in a setting where you could see it in your house so a lot of the images that are, whilst there is a gallery and there's a portfolio, a lot of my images are where you can see my work on a wall because I want people to say, well, actually, yeah, that artwork's great, but actually now I can envisage it on my wall. I can see where it would go. I can see how it would be placed because at the end of the day, I want people to buy my art, but I actually want them to put it on their walls. <laughs> I mean, if they can, if they want to put it in a folder, that's great. That's whatever. They paid me for it. Thanks very much. But essentially... Yeah. If if it means that much to them to have it on their walls, great, perfect. Let's let's do this. And 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 social media is just not not reliable unless you've got a verification badge or so, unless you're an influencer. And I'm certainly not one of those. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on social media then? Um, again, I used this word at the beginning. It's a great tool, but it's not. It, it cannot be used solely. It can't be used as a standalone. It cannot. 
Um, I've had my own troubles with social media, social media addictions, where you've you basically are just as you've said, you get on your doom scroll, you spend more time on it than anything else. It's incredibly addictive, it's incredibly draining without even realizing how dangerous that can be to your mental health and your physical health. Um it's it's a it's a quick hit. It's it's instant gratification uh, for everything, um, and it concerns me. It concerns me not just not just younger people, people my age as well, throughout generations, but especially those that are younger that are utilizing it. I'm not talking about just being on social media. I'm talking about those that are younger that are that are, are working or as artists or creatives on there that this need to create so many reels this pressure to create viral work is just it's scary um and to see people influencing on how to do reels you know there are there are people out there just to tell you which reel to use which sound to use which to, and you think to yourself Good Lord. I mean, I sound so jaded, probably so old, I probably sound like my mother going, this is, oh my God, you know, this is just insane. The young, the young people of today, you know, but at the same point, it's, it's, it's terrifying that people feel that they need to do this constantly. And to be honest, even at the beginning of the year, when I was promoting the first collection, I must have probably spent more man hours creating reels and posts and stories and thinking about the music to use um, and editing than actually the artwork itself. And whilst, yes, there was a portion of it which wasn't on social media, it, it was created, it was another form of creation. Um, but you know the amount of time that goes into these reels and the energy that has to go into them is just it's exhausting and then you know rely thinking to yourself hang on a minute I've got to check what time I post it what day I post it when's the best time to, to, to do it um and and then doing it and then beating yourself up because you posted it at the wrong time or at the wrong hour or the, with used the wrong music or it got blocked because you used a piece of copyright music and then just all those stresses that really you do not need um and we've all I say we all but a huge majority of people fall foul of this because we don't know anything else now because it's so hard to get off that hamster wheel of this is could you not do something else instead you know good old-fashioned days of talking to people and 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 just generating a conversation on how to how to create art you know we're become so reliant on 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 insta Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, Meta, all of those platforms, and that you know, and two of them being linked together now, which is sometimes all oh, my art just fell over there. There's a sign. Stop talking about social media. It's it's, it's draining. It's draining. It's draining. So draining. Um, and again, like I say, I fell foul of it, um, and. Through no choice, um, literally took a took a break, took, turned off all notifications. I still to this day don't have notifications on for social media. In fact, hardly anything, because um, I figure if I really need to know, I'll log back on. 
and check when I need to. I don't need to know if t- 10 people have liked my picture. I don't need to know if my fa- if my picture's gone viral. I don't need to know. I don't need that that information. I don't. If if the work's there and you're putting it out, I, that's the one thing I, I would just keep saying to people is just post and leave it. Don't watch it. Don't don't keep going back to it. What's it going to do? You'll know if it goes big. You'll know if if it's if it's if if you've done something really great. And I'm not saying that for those things that aren't you know that don't get eight million likes and don't get two thousand watches aren't great. It's just it's not worth it. You there is no way that you you can't measure success on social media. You cannot. It's just it's so so screwy it's so screwy um and sooner people realize that especially creatives as soon as they realize that your success and your talent is not measured by your followers or people that view social media the better quality of life you will lead so just before you go one last Mm -hmm. question which is where can people find more about you and your work um, well, I am on social media. <laughs> After that, yeah. <laughs> um, I am on all platforms. Um, I I am on, like I say, I am on uh, I'm on YouTube, um, which I don't use that often. I'm trying to use YouTube more often. People want tutorials. I'm not very good at doing things like that, but I'm I'm trying to get the time lapse videos, um, more more those kind of things. I might do a few vlog things whilst I'm in New York. Who knows? I have thoughts for you about that, which I'll discuss with you at some other point. Okay. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Um, I just put it up there so that nobody would nick my nick my name, basically. <laughs> that's quite clever, I like actually. To, though. I like that. Like, just get yourself on every social platform. Um, yeah, that's quite clever, actually. Um, so you can also find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, on TikTok, all under Lisa Zaman Arts. Um, I made sure that the good old SEO uh, options on websites are working. So if you Google me you will find me everywhere um i also appear on agora's gallery um uh, agora gallery um and also i have an art my page but the most main the main one that i will uh tout is my website which is lisazamanart.com and all my uh social media links are there everything that i've done so far everything that i'm going to be doing is on there so that is basically the hub that i like to direct people to um and uh, yeah that's that's it <laughs> lisa honestly this has been an absolute joy thank you so much thank you for having me aaron it's just, it's been it's great watching That concludes my conversation with artist Lisa Zanni. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or via social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as Apple Music, Spotify and YouTube. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word. Additionally, Please check out theflyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. If you'd like to support the platform further, we now also have a Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash theflyingfruitball to see tiers and rewards. 
Additionally, if you're not interested in monthly donations, we also have a PayPal for one-time donations. I shall leave a link to the PayPal in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Until next time, folks, please stay safe.